the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Episode 69 of Once again, the most immature and least important sports podcast, wherever you get your pods casted. We're not even 69 seconds into this, and it's already just off the rails completely. I am your, your, your favorite bearded host, Mac, and I am joined once again by James. Yes, and for the second time, Mom, please don't – just turn it off now. Don't. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I say during no, this. No, he's not. He's not at all. And, and I'm also joined by Heather. Uh, by, by James' number one fan. You know what? We'll, we'll switch the tables a little bit on this one. So I, like, I get a number one fan. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, James, you deserve a number one fan. That's true. I do. You deserve it. So how are we doing tonight, everybody? I'm Okay. Yeah, all right. That's good. Mm-hmm. A slow week for me. Well, you know what? You you kind of appreciate slow weeks, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you really do, because they they come few and far between as we get older. You know, we we rush to grow up because we want to do adult things, and then when you're an adult, you're like, this fucking sucks. And speaking of sucking, the NCAA still sucks, everybody. Oh my god. Oh, so much. And that's not even a sixty-nine pun either. Like. They're awful. They're just awful. Yes. Uh, they're the date. They're the blind date that your best friend sets you up with thinking he would be a catch. But then he sits down and talks to you for 15 minutes about his love of model trains. All right. That's what the NCAA is. Uh, and once again, the NCAA is showing its ass throughout the NCAA tournament. The NCAA has been posting on Twitter about the immaculate conditions that the men's teams have been receiving. Great rooms, big swag bags great conditioning and weightlifting areas. Then some of our women athletes decided that they were going to show what they're working with. Uh, essentially something that looked like an old army meal called shit on a shingle um, was a picture that was posted. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the stack of dumbbells that topped out at, I think 20 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. the was pat- they're, they're, they're small, what maybe thigh height tower of, Mm-hmm. Little hand weights. Yes, yes, because because the, that's 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 really all a college caliber women's basketball team needs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just co- you know collegiate athletes. I mean, what the yeah. Fuck? I mean, yeah. Oh, let's also not forget the uh, rolls of sanitized uh, yoga mats too. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah, that yes, was that was there. also afforded them because they were so generous. Yes, generous. And all this is going on while they have equality stamped on all the basketball uh, uh, floors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, they're doing real well at that. Uh, once the NCAA, Totally on brand. Completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once the NCAA caught some shit for it, uh, they thought that they would show pictures themselves 
of look at all this new stuff that we're going to give to our women athletes. Uh, and they did this by giving them like two squat racks and I think a 30 pound dumbbell. Um, there might've been more there, but I didn't see it from the picture because they took it from the corner at a low angle. Of course. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, how in the hell, okay. In this day of everybody's got a camera in their pocket and you could live stream anywhere. How in the hell did the NCAA think that this was okay? And no one would find out about it. I have a theory um, that there was someone when they were bringing in all that equipment that had said like, I have I've zero evidence to back this up. I want to point that out, right? Zero. This is my, this is what I told Heather um, when we were talking about it as it happened, that somebody, whoever was in Hold charge on. of to set us up from, uh, you know, from legal liability, we're going to use the word allegedly, they allegedly, allegedly, yes, allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly. Um, that this is my th- alleged theory they're putting together these gyms, and there's a bunch of equipment, right? The stuff's heavy. And someone was probably like, oh, God, I don't want to take all that stuff over there. Like, just put it all in here. Like, just give the women, like, a, a couple weights and the yoga mats. It's fine. No one's going to say – like, no one's going to care. And everyone was, like, probably being lazy. Like, all right, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, I'm just getting paid to drop this stuff off. That's my theory, but – I'm probably wrong, and it's probably rooted somewhere else too. What, what What do you think, Heather? Um, I think that I think that that could be a part of it, but I do also think that part of it is that there are people who, and I don't know if it's the powers that be or whatever, but probably within the powers that be, because I mean, this is also the same in high school where the girls facilities are usually not nearly as nice as the dude ones. And, um, and so I think they just did not think that the girls would need much more than that. Because, I mean, why would they? They're built differently, you know? So they they shouldn't be lifting those heavy weights anyways. There's something else, something else I found um, when I was jamsing it up today uh, that I thought – I don't know. I, I, I know we haven't talked about it, Heather and I. Um, it's not just the weight stuff and the food. Um, they also uh, were not given – uh, let me let me get here. We go. Here are my notes. Uh, the women's teams are also receiving less revi- reliable COVID-19 antigen tests, while the men's teams were receiving the gold standard PCR tests. Uh, then the, the swag bags, like we talked about, um, and then rather than facilitate full access to the media in a year when coverage has already been stymied by the pandemic, the NCAA further cut costs by opting not to staff the women's tournament with any photo- photographers for the first two rounds. Yet it managed to scrape up enough to publish thousands of photos uh, for the opening of the men's tournament. So a little more than just fancy bags and weights. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Uh, this Talk was a, off. Yeah. Talk this, off, Cause that's really all we need to say. Yeah. This was a, this was a man's fault. This, this yeah. was 100% a man's fault yep. who feels that women athletes at the collegiate level, um, who some of them are going to go play pro ball somewhere. They are going to go play professional, but get, Hot, you know, fucking hot take here. Women's, they have professional leagues all over the fucking world, okay? And and you know what else? They're actually quite popular in places that are not America mm-hmm. for whatever fucking reason, right? Because, you know, 
we, we have this, this very misogynistic outlook that women professional athletes aren't of the same caliber and that some dickhead on Twitter who was a JV basketball player in high school can somehow beat a professional women basketball player. Sorry, dude. Not going to fucking happen. All right. Um, but yeah, th- th- this was the NCAA thinking we have our billion dollar cash cow in the men's tournament. Um, and, you know, they're, of course, they're going to play poor, right? Oh, well, we don't have the funds to, to have a photographer with the women's tournament for through the, you know, through the first two rounds. You know, we'll just dedicate all these resources to this, you know, the billion dollar baby in the room, um, which is just absolutely uh, fucking disgusting. All right. Like it, it's it's got to change. All right. Collegiate athletes are collegiate athletes, regardless of gender and regardless of sport. They work their asses off to make sure they're prepared uh, every season. Um, and that's in addition to, uh, you know, classwork, uh, you know, other camps that they might have to go to. You know, it, it, a collegiate athlete is a very busy person, uh, regardless, you know, if they're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we're going to stay on this NCAA trip here. All right. Uh, this one's more geared towards ESPN, I'd say. Uh, but uh, Seth Greenberg, who's an ESPN ba- college basketball analyst, uh, decided in an interview on a podcast to start bad-mouthing a young man named uh, Jordan Bohannon. He's a point guard for the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, and he's been literally one of the biggest collegiate players uh, that's been advocating for name, image, and likeness rights for student-athletes. And he was also one of the players that started the hashtag not NCAA property uh, mm-hmm. movement, right? Uh, and if you know listeners aren't aware, a, a lot, you know, a, a, a larger number than you think of colli- men's collegiate basketball players took a stand uh, and essentially said, you know, we are not NCAA property. Uh, they did a big uh, write-up in the Guardian about it, uh, you know, to, to talk about how collegiate athletes are are exploited at every level. Um, but Wednesday morning, uh, Seth Greenberg joined CBS Sports Radio. I apologize, guys. It wasn't a uh, podcast with CBS Sports Radio to discuss a wide variety of topics. Um, you know, Bohannon was was on a, uh, unfortunately, he was on Barstool Bench Mob, mm-hmm. uh, you know, podcast role, We Hate Barstool. Um, but, you know, he, he talked about, you know, essentially the gift bags, you know, the gift bags, the swag bags, and all these the athletes' hotel rooms being kind of like a bribe. Like, look, look at the shit you get. It's like a water bottle, a towel, a T-shirt. Um, I can't remember what else was in the picture. Um, but, you know, Seth Greenberg goes on and tells, you know, the host of the CBS Sports show that Bohannon is ungrateful. Um, and then tried to compare uh, Bohannon saying, you know, by, by calling a Bohannon ungrateful, he, he tried to compare it to what people are dealing with at COVID. Uh, you know, with COVID, you know, like people that are struggling to make ends meet, uh, people that are, are having problems feeding their families. Um, you know, I, I think this is like a case of apples and oranges. Oh, you know, you think? Yeah. Yeah. You uh, think? So I, I don't think you could really compare the two. Um, yeah. And he's talking know. about how that's embarrassing, but he's not embarrassed at all about what the NCAA did for the women's tournament. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then he starts talking about how much better two other players are, uh, uh, a guy by the two, – two collegiate athletes by the name of Luca Garza and Jose Alvarado. Um, now, I don't think what uh, Mr. Greenberg realizes is that 
you know, while he was a head coach at Virginia Tech, he made a million and a half dollars a year to coach middling basketball. Uh, a lot of these players are coming from other, you know, I would say a lower socioeconomic background. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if he's trying to stand up and say, I'm tired of being exploited, maybe you should fucking listen to him. But I'm going to stop talking now, and I'm going to let you guys chime in. Well, well, um, I don't know if you've seen, but as of three hours ago, Jordan Bohannon had a response. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. And so his response via Twitter, of course, is easy to say from someone that has made a living off college athletes. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, let's let's uh, let's send Mr. Greenberg some um, some aloe because he's yep. gonna need it for that mm-hmm. one. Um, and I will say with a resounding good for him to Mr. Bohannon. Yes, because he's not wrong. So good for him. What do you think, James? Uh, I think I, I I take the hometown crowd party line when it comes to uh, collegiate athletes not being paid, which is bullshit or really even represented well, where it's real easy to say, oh, well, just be happy that you go to bag. You know, like it's it's apples and oranges, but I got a bag one time of swag from my employer after I was injured on the job. Uh, and that quest, that bag was followed by the question, when can you go back to the location that you were injured at? Um, like, oh, well, thank you for this bag of stuff. Yes, it makes up for the gaping hole in my leg. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I can kind of – that kind of hit, hit a little yeah. close to the heart a little bit there. Uh, that dude can go fuck himself. And if yeah. he wants to fight me, he can Google me. Uh, I'm not hard to find. Um, I'll be here in Washington State. Um, catch me outside. How about that, bro? Yeah, yeah I, exploitation – You know, this, this is labor exploitation. Uh, oh, players, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. These players work their asses off to yep. represent these universities that rake in millions off their off, off their hard work. And and anybody that wants to sit there and tell me, well, they're getting a college degree. Okay, dude. Uh, and if you are a, a kid from Florida who goes on to play for UF or Florida State, you know what you're not doing? Paying out-of-state tuition. All right, so that degree might cost you $20,000. Um, well, remember, well, James and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, we were talking about someone that we will not name, but how just because you have a degree doesn't necessarily mean shit out in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really doesn't. Especially as we've seen work become more and more specialized and where exactly. maybe these players mm-hmm. don't go pro. Um Go ahead and get on Indeed and look at what employers want now. We want five years experience. We want you to have a master's degree. Yep. We want you to have all this other shit, right? So it's not like all these these players, uh, all these athletes that do not go professional in their sport are going to have an easy job. They could easily end up like me graduating almost a year ago and I'm still looking for work in my field, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I just – Greenberg – uh, like James said, you, uh, I'm down here in North Carolina. You can come find me as well, or we all just meet you. We'll all meet somewhere in Kansas, and then hometown crowd will beat the shit out of you. Tim will probably just watch holding the baby, but me, Heather, and James will do good work. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen. I've got the knee. I've got the uh, shin kicks down. Okay, yeah. so like or, I can 
get that and just run. Like I would offer a less violent option. If he feels his opinion is so important, then he can find us at Hometown Crowd Podcast, mm. where all your all your podcasts are found, and he can come talk about it with us. So just saying. Okay, well, I was allegedly saying we could meet in Kansas and do that. I'm gonna go with what James said because that's I know. Look at him. Response. Look at look at look at Mr. Marketing over there. Yeah, that that, that was that was very well done, James. It was very, very slick. I'm, very I'm pretty and enough. smart. So very yeah. very proud of you. Yes, I know I know this is an audio medium, everybody, but James James is quite a handsome fellow. Yes. Um, Heather Heather did a good job picking her. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very well. Um. All right, we're we're moving on though. Okay? Yeah. Because I can't I, I can't sit here and, and take up the entire episode of, of just me. talking about people that we need to yeet into the sun. Yeah. Yeah, that and I could talk for hours about the inequity. Yeah. Excuse me, the NCAA. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Let's we'll go. We'll yeah. we'll to the next station. Which is going to equal, you know, uh, probably equally piss. Actually, the first three of the you know uh, topics we have tonight are going to just infuriate me. Um, but we're we're talking to Sean Watson, guys. Okay, um, you know, go, going into this season, Deshaun Watson had a very, I would say, probably uh, uh, kind of boyish charm. He's very well liked in Houston. Uh, you know, he he was. It seemed like he was doing all the right things. Um, but Sarah Barshop of ESPN reported on the 23rd that a 14th lawsuit, and it's now up to 16. Mm-hmm. against Texans QB Deshaun uh, Watson was filed in Harris County. It alleges that Watson assaulted and harassed plaintiff by exposing himself to her and touching her with his penis. This incident allegedly took place in California, only the second of the 16 incidents to occur outside of Houston. Um, Watson denies any wrongdoing, and his lawyer has responded that all the lawsuits are meritless. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say, is this a case of uh, people looking to cash in or where there is smoke, there is fire? Uh, Go ahead. So, okay, Yeah. So so I had this story ready to go last week, but we didn't get to it. So um, and we talked a little bit about it, um, like through the week or whatever, where in one of the lawsuits, um, the the accuser demanded thirty thousand dollars for indefinite silence. So before she really even filed the lawsuit, she tried to blackmail him. Yeah. Right. And and we were kind of in the agreement of, okay, that one is probably not legit. Yeah. Because you don't you don't try to do a settlement before you've even filed the lawsuit. Right. You just don't. So and, and I will say it, from everything that I've read that Deshaun Watson has really kind of dug his heels in on this and has been very adamant that nothing, you know, inappropriate happened or whatever, because I know that his uh, lawyer has been. He has said that um, he said opposing counsel has orchestrated a circus like atmosphere by using social media to publicize 14 Jane Doe lawsuits during the last seven days in a manner calculated to inflame the public and malign Deshaun's otherwise sterling reputation. So so 
most of them are Jane Doe. Yeah. Okay. And and again, you know, we all know that not all women report, you know, these instances and choose to remain anonymous because they don't want their names out there. I get that. I understand that. Um, seven of the lawsuits that were filed on Monday describes that the incidents allegedly took place from April 2020 to March of 2021 in Houston, Atlanta, and Beverly Hills. Five of the lawsuits were filed by massage therapists or people allegedly hired to give a massage. And one of the lawsuits was filed by an esthetician and another by a woman who offers various wellness services, whatever, maybe essential oils. I don't know. I don't don't know. So the lawsuits filed Monday all allege that he assaulted and harassed the women by exposing himself or touching them with his penis. One of them additionally alleges that Watson tried to make the accuser perform oral sex on him. And all seven lawsuits allege that the women were contacted by Watson via Instagram. However, Houston police has posted a statement on Twitter on Friday saying that no incidents have been filed in its jurisdiction and is and they are unaware of any contact between Houston PD and Houston attorney Tony Busby, who's representing the accusers. Uh, regarding the allegations in the in the lawsuits, so I I don't know because I know that his lawyer has spoken with other masseuses or whatever, and they were all like you know no he was a perfect gentleman like he never did anything or whatever. Now I'm not saying that they're lying, but at the same time it's kind of like I. I don't really know who to believe. I I feel like the number is a little, is a bit of an exaggeration um, because I don't feel like this is like a Bill Cosby thing or even fucking like Tiger Woods when all his mistresses came out of the woodwork, right? So I'm, I'm very on the fence about it. Do I think there may have been instances where that occurred? Yes. But I, I don't know if 14, to include one that tried to get a settlement before it even was filed, actually happened. Okay, what about you, James? Uh, yeah, Heather took literally all of my notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I do um, – I think that as that number rises, there – I'll start with an, a – I don't want to say hot take, but I think as more people come forward, yes, unfortunately, there are people um, in this world that might see this as an opportunity to cash in. That does exist, right? However, uh, I mean, there, there's always, there's always going to be somebody that tries to get on the grip, right? There's yeah. always that person. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Which might be that first person who was like, dang, I know all these people that said this happened. Like, let me try to like strike while the iron's hot and get something out of this, which is awful. And you're a dirtbag if that's true. But 14 is a big number. Like, uh, you know, he's not that famous. Like, he's not, you know, so famous that, like, everyone under the sun is going to be like, oh, well, he touched me too, or he sent me, he tried to touch me with his penis. Like, f- when I start seeing double digits, I, I start to kind of see 
you know, it's walking like a duck. It, I can't tell if it's talking like a duck, but it kind of sounds like it. Like it, you know, and also the the contacting them by Instagram. I feel like if if it's if it's legitimate, that um, I feel like th- that these women probably kept the receipts, if you will, um, and uh, knowing what I know about how some men communicate on the internet. Uh, I would wager to say that some inappropriate things allegedly might have been said. Um, it, it 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 is starting to look like like there there's some legitimate truth to this. The, the, when you guys first talked about it, um, with just like demanding a settlement, I was like, oh no, that's just someone trying to cash in. But as more and more people have come out, it seems more and more legitimate to me. Yeah, I, I don't know what the proper uh, way to file. Excuse me, guys. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the proper way to file charges like this is in Harris County, okay? Uh, I know a lot of counties have, have done kind of, uh, you know, similar to what, you know, uh, the military has done. And keep in mind, I'm not using the military as a good example of how to take care of people who have suffered sexual assault and sexual harassment, but doing the, um, the anonymous reporting so that they can't be harassed by other people. I understand that. Uh, because let's face it, this is a very well-known man in Texas, very well-known man in Houston. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and we know the the toxic nature of social media, where everybody thinks that they can send a death threat and be an asshole um, because they can, right? Um, but James, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm more along the line with you. Uh, I, I'm a where there's smoke, there's fire type of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's going to be people that are going to try and grift, try and make some, make a quick buck. But with that many, with that many, uh, I just find it, uh, you know, very hard to believe that some of them didn't happen. Um, and let's say that there's, you know, there's 16 lawsuits right now. Say only a quarter of them are true. That's still four women who were mm-hmm. sexually harassed and sexually assaulted. Um, you know, and and they're never, you know, they're never going to be the same again. There's a few very traumatic things uh, that you know it's difficult to bounce back from. Uh, you know, so I mean, it, we're, the legal system has to play out, right? He allegedly did these things. Mm-hmm. Alleged, but, allegedly, yes, in allegedly. Minecraft, in yes, Minecraft, Minecraft. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but the the fact of the matter is, if he did it, uh, I hope the DA of Harris County has his shit together and he prosecutes a good case um, because I. I hate seeing people with with means to pay for a high-powered attorney get out of being punished for their wrongdoing. Um, now, here's the other question that I wanted to I wanted to to pop to you guys before we moved on. We all know Ben Roethlisberger was accused of rape, right? Mm-hmm. And he was never found guilty. Uh, you know, the, the the case was dismissed. Um, but he kind of has like a stink that follows him around. Uh, whenever there's Ben Roethlisberger discourse, that's always one of the things that gets thrown out. Does this happen to Deshaun Watson as well? Probably, yes. Um, I think what Ben was like two or three cases. I want to uh, say. I don't I know. Can, I don't I know can what. Pull it up. Give me a second. I can tell you. I got the old timers, so I can't remember what he allegedly did. Yeah, I was like, I think it was two or three cases, and it's fallen around. I mean, even like, I, you know, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but uh, Kobe, people Kobe's still made comments him. about Kobe, you know, 
um, after. I do think this follows him. Um, and if it's not true, um, let's just say that these 16 incidents, none of them are legitimate, right? Okay. Which is plausible. Like it's, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, at a minimum, he put himself in a position where as a professional athlete and a public figure that this could be brought against him. And he probably needs to talk to someone with some experience in that way. Um, and if even one of them is true, I hope they throw him off the biggest bridge they can find in Texas. So, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So Ben had two. Okay. Okay. Ben had two. So. Yeah. I mean, it just, the legal system has to unwind. Right. But maybe it's just the cynic in me, uh, you know, and you guys. And uh, just the way, in the way that shit's been lately where yeah. what everything you do in the dark comes out in the light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I look at I look at, uh, you know, like that dickhead Stanford swimmer, you know, who raped a girl yeah. uh, and then gets off scot free. You know, like it, it just it, if you have the means, you can manipulate justice in this country. And that's another fucking disgusting thing that that is not a topic we talk about here. OK, mm-hmm. so we're going to move on okay. because I, I'm going to be a good host. I'm going to honor Tim's wishes. To not turn this into the Mac fucking rant show. <laughs> so uh, we have we have yet more Les Miles fallout. Um, and Heather, you don't have to deep sigh because this isn't Les. This just this is just about a fuckstick that decided he was going to enable Les. Uh, F. King Alexander, the, yeah, the, the president of Oregon State University, and I will say this right now, anybody who begins their name with an initial, you suck. Uh, he resigned on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the board of trustees accepted his resignation due to his part in the Les Miles sexual misconduct saga. He was president at LSU until 2019. Mm-hmm. Joe Oliva, former athletic director at LSU, recommended in 2013 that Les Miles be fired. Yeah, I have those emails, by the way, just yeah. FYI. Alexander overruled that decision. Mm-hmm. Oregon State placed Alexander on probation amid public outcry. He maintains that LSU could not fire Les Miles at the time because the LSU governing board made the decision to retain Miles before he took over as president. As the president of the university, all right, put your both of you put yourself in that shoe in those shoes. You're you're the president of one of the largest and most well-known public universities in the country. As president of the LSU of LSU, how do you retain Les Miles when you knew what the fuck he did? Uh, because he's answering to boosters. We both know that. Yeah. I mean, we it both is, know that. that that's Especially the thing. at LSU. That's the thing that pissed, pissed me off, though. He's the president of the university. How is he answering to the board of governors? Like, I, I just don't understand that. When it, when it comes to something like this, I, but I, I'm not taking your guys' time first. You guys are going to talk first. <laughs> okay. So I looked at our production notes for this episode, right? And I looked at this topic, and I took a minute to think about it. And I was going to go down the James usual, let's Google a bunch of stuff. We'll get you bu- get a bunch of facts, ha- print out my notes, and then show them to Heather and have her say, like, no, sir, you can't have 14 pages of notes for that one topic. Um, but then I took a breath and thought about how I'm in an organization with 
a esteemed history, right? And I've watched people cover up for and not appropriately handle situations like this. And they have continued to foster an environment where, you know, the that type of thing is okay. And it's about money. That's the easy answer is it's money, yeah. right? Um, it's about money and it's about ego and it's about people not wanting to get left, you know, with that last seat during musical chairs. My problem with it is not to bring up our last topic, but you take guys and gals, maybe even right. Um, in their formative years, right. When they're just getting out in the world, going to college, right. Like I remember being 18, 19, 20, 21. I, I was a kid. I, yeah. I think I even said to my mom the other day in a conversation at 22, I was a child still, right. As, as you're starting to show these people how the world works. Oh, well, you know, you're one of the coaches, his, his, Crimes, because that's what they were, were covered yeah. up. So my crimes are going to be covered up too. Well, now I leave college and I go out into the world. And it doesn't matter if you go to the NFL or the NBA, pick your sport you were playing in college, or even if you go into the corporate world or open your own business. In your formative years, you were shown that it's okay to behave in a certain way towards women or men, you know, whatever. Um, and you're going to carry that. And the fact that no one was ever like, we're supposed to be here to like mentor these kids and to help them learn and grow. It's disgusting. And it's all about money and it's people not wanting to have to like testify in front of people. And it's people that are so caught up in their own egos that they can't admit there's a problem. And and that's what it is. And I'm going to get off my soapbox. Otherwise we'll be here for 20 eight minutes on just this topic. Yeah, I got you. Heather, it pisses Heather, me off. Heather, this is your school. Uh, and you've been very yeah. adamant, very adamant and set, you know, and, and your condemnation of everything. Cause this isn't just the Les miles thing. This is an LSU cultural. Thing. Oh yeah. This is an LSU thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And especially too, as, as the, the resident host that is a lot more familiar with the inner workings at LSU. Um, Part of it is from my former life and family members that were associated with the school. So I kind of had a kind of a direct line into kind of the, the inners, inner workings of going on in there. Um, so, yeah. So F. Scott Alexander or F. F. Scott, F. King Alexander uh, is not remembered fondly at all um, at LSU. Well, can, can, I, can you, I ask why? Like, what, what exactly? Um, what? Just people just didn't really like him. And I'll tell you why. Do you know where he was president before he was at LSU? Uh, I'm going to say it had to have been like Alabama or Auburn or some shit like that, right? No, no. He was president at Murray State University. In Kentucky, didn't even know that school existed. Uh, I knew about Murray State, but like what? What? And then he was also at California State University in Long Beach. Oh, so like, did they just not like him because he was president at smaller institutions before he moved to like the big leagues? So, so, so it was announced in 2013 that he was going to become president of the LSU system. Um, 
there was actually a a vote um, specifically by the faculty senate um, that had a vote of no confidence in his hiring because they said that he had never been a tenured full professor at a major research university and that the graduate that the graduation rates at uh, California State were lower than those at LSU. So they were like, he can't like he really wasn't that great there. Okay. Like, why do you think he would be good here? I'm right? gonna stop I'm gonna stop you just real quick, Heather. Mm-hmm. They, see, I, I, I applaud the faculty senate for se- stepping up and saying something. Yeah. Uh, but here here's the issue with that. Almost all your school presidents now mm-hmm. have never been f- tenured faculty at any university. Yeah. Uh, my exactly. alma mater, my alma mater is one of those schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, because of the money behind all this shit, that we're, that's why we're starting to see these businessmen that are suddenly qualified to run an institution of higher learning. Yeah. Um, Heather, if that came off as mansplaining, I'm sorry, but no, um, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so the the faculty senate, like it was a unanimous negative vote. However, the board of supervisors chair Hank Danos asserted that Alexander was clearly the right guy for LSU, which clearly he was not. Yeah. Oh, and obvious. Obviously. Obviously. And under his tenure, they hired Les Miles. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, no. No, he no. was there. He was there. Before. He was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was that was during the time when um, Les was kind of coming down off of what had been several pretty decent seasons. And but for some reason, he just became very just ride or die. With Miles. And Oliva, Joe Oliva, the the AD, um, at the time, when all of the things were coming out about Miles, um, had sent an email, actually several emails, uh, Chancellor, and then also, too, to um, the incoming president. Yeah, I was going to say... didn't Oliva send it all the way up the chain? Like that he dude, did. Like he, he absolutely did. did. Like he sent it all the way up the chain and like CC'd all the like the the administrative assistants on the way up as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and it's funny too because a lot of people don't like Joe Oliva, and I was one of those people because you know we just we saw it as oh he was firing Miles in the middle of the season, you know, like yeah, Heather, you know, I re- and all shit had gone on, had gone I, down. You know? I remember that was I was kind of curious as to the why, but yeah. now it just makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so. So, so it's specifically in an April 2013 email that he sent to Jenkins. It says, as we move closer to deciding how to handle the results of our investigation, I want to recommend a at minimum a few items, a written reprimand outlining his 
aka Miles, inappropriate behavior and the consequences for it occurring again, some sort of counseling and a reduction to any bonuses paid to him equal to the attorney fees incurred as a result of his inappropriate behavior. I also believe the full board needs to be made aware of the situation before any decisions are made. I think his continued employment needs to be seriously considered. When reviewing the use of a secret secret personal phone, the text messages, the fact that I had already advised him against such behavior, the evening meeting off campus, etc., it gives me great concern for the future. This issue can or will have serious impact on our university and the athletic department. So he saw the writing on the wall yeah. from the start. So then two months later, he sent the email to counsel, so the attorneys, and to the incoming new president, F. King Alexander. It says, Bob and King, thanks for call today. One more time, I want us to think about which scenario is worse for LSU, explaining why we let him go or explaining why we let him stay. Proactive or reactive, I always believe that people are innocent until proven guilty, and in this case, I believe he is guilty of insubordination, inappropriate behavior, putting the university, athletic department, and football program at great risk. I think we have cause. I specifically told him not to text call or be alone with any student workers and he obviously didn't listen i know there are many possible outcomes and much risk either way but i believe it is in the best interest in the long run to make a break the court of public opinion would favor us the courtroom on july 2nd we would know more we will know more but the facts will remain the same thanks so again he he put it out there like this is this is bad like we need to we need to walk away from this because, yeah. you know, um, but obviously LSU chose to keep him around for another three years. And 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 the email was actually found in that um, report that came out. Yeah, from the law firm, right? Yep. Yep. So that's where they found the emails. Um, and also in the report were comments from a longtime football staff member who was unnamed in the report. So we don't know who said it. And I won't like read like everything he said, but I, there was this one excerpt that I, that really stuck out to me. And it was, I felt like maybe if the university had done more when the first child had happened, maybe that would have helped clean up a lot of other stuff that maybe wouldn't have happened further down the line with not just him, with even players and anything like that. Because sometimes if people see somebody getting in trouble and it's made a big deal of it, they're not as apt to go, well, I can keep doing that because nobody gets in trouble around here. Even the head coach didn't get in trouble for doing it. So we didn't set a very good precedent by not handling the stuff the way we did, you know. That has allowed things to happen since then that maybe would not have, you know. If something, it would have been stopped and, you know, somebody made an example of. And he's exactly right. And I think that that is what has fostered the the environment that LSU has become now. Because, oh, if, oh, if, if coach can get away with it, oh, they're not going to do shit to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, w- I was gonna I was gonna jump in here and and, and agree with you 100% there, Heather, because like we, you know, deterrence a big thing, especially when you're a kid, and the, that that's I, I don't use that term as, it, like a, it's not a derogatory term, but your whole frontal lobe, especially for guys, it's not fully formed till you're 24 years old. James has already pointed that out tonight. When you're 22 years old, you're an idiot, right? Like it's just it's true. Um, but Heather, you hit the nail on the head. If I see coach getting away with this, literally the CEO of the football program, the guy at the tippy top, you know, and Joe Oliva. And the guy who is the face of the team. Yeah. The face of the team. Right. Like I understand Les Miles and, and every other head football coach in the power five answers to an athletic director. But come on, we know if push comes to shove, if you're a successful head coach and a successful AD and there's a power clash, who's getting fired? The athletic director, right? Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. But the um, thing is, is that at this time, at this point, Les wasn't successful at all. Heather, he's Go living. He, he's, he's literally doing what every college football coach does. He lives off what he did before and then he hangs on for dear life. I know. You know, know. that's what they all do. I mean, fucking Tom Osborne did that at Nebraska, right? Like he didn't have many bad years, but towards the end of his head coaching career, Nebraska wasn't that great. You know, they weren't like six and six, but they weren't they weren't competing for national titles. They weren't they weren't the Nebraska from the mid 90s. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what these assholes do. Because they think I'm bigger than life. I'm more important than anything. Look at me. I'm the head coach at LSU. You know, it, what, what, what is it uh, Denzel uh, uh, says in uh, uh, training day? King Kong ain't got shit on me. Like, that's how every yeah. major college football coach looks at it. And that motherfucker could, like, be coaching at Vanderbilt. Okay? Like, that's just how these people are fucking programmed, you know? And the sad thing is, like, Heather, like, I, 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 I want to, like – clip that what you said if they mm-hmm. see the boss doing it 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 it's going to spread and that's exactly what happened at LSU yep you know and that's why it's in the shit that it's in because i'm not saying it started with miles cuz i'm sure it was going on long before him but he exploited it yeah i mean i think we're all adults enough here to know that at every major football program it's happening right it's happening yes. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's happening at Ohio State. It's happening at LSU. It's it's happening at Alabama. It's happening at all these places. It's just how the university works with local law enforcement, with attorneys, with the district attorney. You know, like, how do we cover this up so it doesn't make the program look bad? And mm-hmm. if it's actually that bad, Heather's already thrown them out there. Donors will just cut a check and it fucking goes away. Yep. Uh, and that's, and not that's cy- pretty much what happened. Yep. And that's not cynical. That's fact. We saw it mm-hmm. at Penn State. We saw it at Baylor. We're seeing it at LSU now. Yep. All right. So okay. we're, we're moving on to something that maybe doesn't piss us off as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we I, need to make this a lighthearted episode. It's the 69th episode. It, it is the 69th <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm actually happy about this topic because it it might piss our our uh, friend of the pod off, Josh. You know, might mm. piss him off. Um, and I I appreciate any diatribe he throws out there when we're talking about the Packers. But the question posed is: Is Aaron Rodgers pulling a Brett Favre? Yes and no. Aaron Rodgers is reportedly, allegedly, because again we're a small time sports podcast, we can't afford to get sued. 
uh, is reportedly, allegedly demanding that the Packers show some sense of commitment to him past the 2021 season. The Packers, uh, excuse me, the Packers opted not to rework his deal this season, making his $6.8 million roster bonus like like he's going to get it. Um, he is signed through 2023, but if he's a post-June 1st roster cut, he'll count $14.4 million in dead money in 2022 and $2.9 million in dead money in 2023. But the Packers have 2020 first-round pick Jordan Love on the bench. Uh, do we think Rodgers is pulling a Favre? Or maybe the Packers are better off saving some money, letting him go, and going forward with, with uh, Jordan Love? No. Yes and no. I I am the least informed about this whatsoever. So I'll go first because you two are way more informed about this than me. But <laughs> my nope, opinion, nope. right? You actually have notes and I don't. So let's so, uh, just if we look right, at the last at the last couple rather major deals for quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. Some some gentlemen have gotten paid lately. Right. Indeed. If I'm Rogers. And I'm sitting over here like, well, my your your backup option is a gentleman that ran the scout squad and uh, didn't actually really play. Um, what are your go to's? And I'm watching some of my fellow quarterbacks in this organization get a very hefty paycheck. Why not say, look, you want me to stay? Well, I want commitment from you. And I'm not trying to throw um the other gentleman under the bus who I know literally nothing about. Uh, but he, uh, before you go on, James, he was uh, drafted out of Utah State University. Okay. His freshman and sophomore year, he lit the world on fire. His jort, uh, excuse me, his junior and senior year, not so much. I was going to say his jorts, really? Does he his wear jorts? jorts? I was going to say Jordan. Oh his, his Jordan. Uh, <laughs> his <first> name. <laughs> I thought you were going to say jorts. So. But like of all the reading I did, all the analysts agree that he needs a legit season and it's not his fault. He didn't get one. COVID happened. It messed with a bunch of plans for everybody uh, to include two members of this show. Um, and it ruined a lot of stuff. It's not his fault, but he needs a legit season, some real play time before green Bay decides to go with him. And that's just my very un uneducated, uninformed opinion. Okay. All right. What about well, you, Heather? Now, the Packers did reach an agreement um, with Mercedes Lewis. Um, that's a two-year, $8 million deal. So that should make Aaron Rodgers happy. Because yeah, and they, they also brought back their starting running back from last year, too. That should as well. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so, so you know what? So I feel like that should kind of pad him a little bit to know like, okay, well, you know, they, they know that I, you know, I, I jive well with these dudes or whatever. So, you know, so they're, they're, they're keeping them a little bit longer or whatever, because I mean, Mercedes Lewis, he's not exactly a spring chicken himself. He's, yeah. he's my age. He's 37. Yeah. I was going to say he's at the end, you know? Yeah. So he's really not, you know, and what, I think Aaron Rodgers, I think, is one year older because yeah. his birthday is the day after mine, just the year before. So, yeah. So I think he's like he's 38. So I, I think that I, I do think that he's 
I, I can see where he's coming from of being like, you know what? These dudes are getting big paydays. Um, where's mine? You know? And like, if you say, you know, oh, I'm the future, I'm the future, or I'm going to be the one to, to give you greatness, then pay me like that. Because I, I don't necessarily think it's fair to kind of jerk him around, you know? Yes. And hope that maybe he'll be okay, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, the, the Packers have improved. Uh, Significantly. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were, you know, they used to be a one-trick pony. They had great offense and a shitty defense. They've kind of balanced that out. They've got a good running game now. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we, we've had, we live in this era of great quarterbacks. We just saw the first one retire, Drew Brees, right? Um, but Tom Brady is the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, and we saw that Drew Brees was not comfortable last year, uh, especially no, when he had yeah. every bone in his body broken. Um, and he was essentially like blobby from Hotel Transylvania because he had no supporting internal yeah. skeleton. No. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, that that's a dad joke there, people, because mm-hmm. I have children that watch animated movies and I don't feel bad about it. So, um, blah, but, blah. Blah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> but but the thing is with Rodgers is that motherfucker has gotten paid. Mm-hmm. Okay, he signed big money deals. Um, he was never a big proponent of the hometown discount. Uh, you know, he's taken a little less, but he's made some money. Like uh, you know, you got to think between endorsements and salary, he's going to be set up for. Like, oh, yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah. His family set up into like the 30th century, you know, the 30th century, dude. Like, they're, they're fine. Um, now, for me, if I'm looking at the dead money, right? Because we know this year we saw the salary cap drop. If, if all goes well, right? And we have asses in seats. And I think the NFL is going to watch and see what happens during the Major League Baseball season, right? Like, if states are saying 50% of, uh, you know, arenas can be filled. You know the NFL is going to be like, bro, if they can get through 50 this summer, we can definitely get 75 in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And they'll put – and you know damn well by Christmas they're pushing for 100. You know it. Like this is this is good deal in the NFL. If that long. Okay. If that long. Yeah. Okay. But even then, we're going to see a rise in the salary cap going into 22. You know what I'm not going to carry on my books? $14.4 million in dead money. You know what I will carry on my books in 23, though? $2.9 million in dead money. Um, I think if the Packers don't win in the next two years, uh, going, you know, 21 or 22, I can see them cutting sling mm-hmm. and going with Jordan Love. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to find out what you have in him, right? There's a reason the Packers drafted him. The last time they drafted a quarterback a little lower in the, four, in the first round uh, behind a legend, they ended up with Aaron Rodgers. So... Uh, you know, who's to say what's going to happen? But from a business standpoint, it makes sense, right? Uh, like Heather said, he's 37, 38 years old. Like, towards the end of his contract, he's going to be 40. Again, do not compare him to Brady. Brady is the exception, not the rule. Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah. the – I think that right there is the main takeaway, is that Brady is the exception, not the rule. Yeah. And I, you don't need to – compare because it's apples and oranges. Yeah. I mean, do like Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. Uh, and that includes on superstar aging quarterbacks. Um, I applaud Drew Brees for just bowing out gracefully 
rather mm-hmm. than forcing the Saints into that decision. Because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Heather, if Breeze was still on the roster. Listen, listen if he was still, if he was going to come back next season, I was going to be upset. I don't I think, honestly, Heather, I don't think Sean Payton brings him back if he decides to play. Um, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. He, like I said, he turned into Blobby and couldn't throw the ball eight yards down the field. Like, that's not what you need <laughs> to come back right now. <laughs> All right, so we're stepping out of our comfort zone here a little bit, but I thought it was interesting, and this it's an important, uh, you know, I p- essentially picked it to talk about because uh, I'm, I'm with, you know, co-hosting this with two very smart people, and uh, I know James is a hockey fan. A little bit. Um, but the NHL authorized changes to the way it conducts their annual draft. The number of lottery picks, first off, I hate the lotteries. I fucking hate it. it it's so dumb. Yeah. It is so dumb. Yeah, and I'm even saying that for the NBA lottery. No, see the picks from worst to first. That's Yes. Call me old-fashioned and get off my lawn. Um, but the number of lottery picks are being reduced from three to two, starting with the 2021 lottery. Yeah. This means that the worst team in the league is guaranteed to at least have the third overall pick. In 2022, lottery-winning teams will be restricted with not being able to move up more than 10 spots in the draft. And teams can't have more than two lottery wins. I mean, would you really call wins? Would you really call wins? No, you're one of the worst teams in the league, but I digress. But they can't have more than two lottery wins over a five-season span. These changes were implemented because in 2020, uh, but here's the caveat, we had an expanded playoff field for the NHL during our, our bubble. The New York Rangers... Ended up picking first overall after making the playoffs. Um, do you guys think is this a bit of a reach, or will it make uh, you know the the draft more equitable? Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and put this out there that I'm gonna go with whatever James says. So, thank you. <laughs> Please. That's a bold bold move, bold yeah. move on her part. Uh, okay, no pressure. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. No, I th- I I don't think from three to two is going to have any huge implication. Um, the, uh, I don't know. I think sometimes I, I think they're looking at this draft, like when Vegas came in and just destroyed everyone. Cause they had some pretty good grabs and I, like, I was oh, going well, to ask you about that, James, but I'll wait. Yeah. Like, let's make sure that never happens again. I feel like that's what they're trying to go with this. But I think some teams are going to get fucked because what is it? It's something like uh, only 11 of 16 teams that miss the playoffs will be eligible for the first overall pick. Like, I, I don't know. I, hockey as of late, I've been very upset at. And um, like I said, I have I have cut all ties with my previous team. And when the Kraken um, uh, surface, yeah, we'll go with surface. Oh, oh. Uh, nice play on words. Yeah. Nice when they play surface, um, you're not the only writer in the group. Um, hey, and no one's denying your talent, James. No I'm one's denying. Good. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> when they surface, then I'm definitely going to get more involved. Uh, but I don't think this is going to have any huge repercussions. I really don't. Uh, I don't. I think it's them trying to make up for that season when Vegas came in and like people are like, oh, well, no, because they got all these sweet picks. That's why they won. Maybe or maybe they just had better coaches. Maybe they just, you know, 
had some good people that melded well together. You know, like it. Meh. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't. Yeah. That's my I, opinion. I'm, I'm gonna say this: when you could take Mark Andre Fleury in the top of the expansion draft, you're gonna be fine. Uh, he, he's a Stanley Cup caliber goalie. Um, but yeah, I think this is a direct backlash to Vegas. Yep. Um, they were smart with their expansion picks and were very smart with their with their lot, you know, or with their initial, you know, that the kids going initially into the draft, right? Um, I think it's stupid. I'm not gonna lie. I think Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman needs to know when to not mess around with things. Um, you know, stop jiggling things like the the divisional realignment for the season. I get it. The Canadian teams can't go into the U.S. I understand. Um, you know, thank you again, COVID, and all the assholes who don't wear masks. Um, but I think this is Batman thinking way too hard on this, James. That's what I, that's exactly what I think it is. He's thinking way too hard on this. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, like as a sports fan, if I see a team get to the playoffs, the last thing they should be doing is picking number one overall. Yes, absolutely. Your league is better. Your league is better. I'm not saying it's, you know, every team's equal. You're always going to have bad teams, right? But your league overall is better when there's a little more parity. So why in the fuck would you have a lottery where the Rangers, who went to the playoffs, again, caveat, expanded field, I get it. But, again, they still went to the playoffs. They still got the first overall pick. And you and I both know, and I'm not anywhere near as big a hockey fan as you, okay? But we know what number one picks can do. They can change the entire course of a franchise. Gretzky did it. Lemieux did it, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, was a Connor, uh, that kid that played in, uh, got drafted by Edmonton. Who's like turning into some great seasons. He really, oh, yeah. um, oh, it's going to annoy me. I'm going to wake up at 2 a.m. and remember be really mad. Is it, is it, isn't it like Connor McDavid or something like that? Like it's, it's kind of a, a something very, like, yeah, yeah it, it's like a very that. Scottish name. Uh, listeners, if I, you want, it's Connor McDavid. It is? Yeah. Mm. It is. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, they, they can pull change. Pull that one out of your beard. Yeah, they, they can. Yeah, that's what I do occasionally. I pull shit out of my yes. beard. You know, but, you know, a, a number one overall pick can change the face, can change the trajectory of a franchise. Um, so that's why I prefer the traditional seating. Where's yep. the first? Um, and and at Batman, you, you're going into a market, one that loves hockey. There's a lot of uh, momentum behind it. And you know what he's like? He's already changed like the expansion draft rules. He's already changed all this shit to ensure that Seattle isn't coming out hot right out the gate. Dude, do you understand how much better the league would be if they came out just as hot as Vegas? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. That that would be that would be fucking great. You know, you're in a hockey mad area. You you, you know you've got this brand new team. You know they're gonna pull down some stars in the expansion draft. You know that because mm-hmm. there's gonna be some team that's just like I don't want to pay this motherfucker anymore. Yep. Right. You know, it, it, it'll be stupendous. But of course, Gary Bettman's going to overthink and he's going to go with like those established owners, uh, you know, team owners and 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 kind of handcuff the Kraken. Um, but just for podcast purposes, for all 26 of our listeners, I'm going with James and Heather and I am going to become a Kraken fan when they come out as well. <gasps> yeah. I haven't watched hockey uh, religiously since the you know 90s, early 2000s, when I was really into the Penguins, uh, which hurt being from Ohio, and then they gave me the Blue Jackets, and then I lost interest. But Ugh, 
Um, yeah, I, you guys are going to be not happy with the pluggables. Uh, I, it's, it's another thing I'm going to have to break to everybody, but I, I was waiting to surprise you both with it. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. But yes. look, you're getting in on the ground floor with us. I okay? am. I so, am. Yeah. I am. So uh, nobody could ever call us bandwagon fans. No, nope. we're just going to have sweet fucking jerseys and not know anybody's names. It's going to be right. awesome. It's going to be awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> James, I don't know about you. I think it's gonna be one American kid, a bunch of like uh, Eastern it, Europeans, and it, and like three Canadian guys. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, all three of us at some point have rooted for the Fireflies, or not Fireflies, Fire Ants, or yeah. what do they call themselves now? Uh, the Marksmen. Marksmen. The Marksmen. Yes. Yeah. So, and none of us knew who any of them were, but damn it, oh. if we didn't root for them every single time. Oh, so there's nothing right. wrong with that. All right, guys, we're going into our last topic. Uh, UFC had a card on ESPN Ooh. this past weekend. It was. Ooh. Yeah. James uh, texted me early. He texted me often and said he was a happy camper. It was fantastic. Of the six so or ten, of the 10 fights, right? Six of them ended by TKO or KO. Um, I could spend an hour talking about it um but i know that tim would kill me editing this so mm-hmm. i won't yeah. uh i would talk about the main event and the co-main event uh max griffin in the co-main event against uh song canon um max griffin who was an uh, who was an underdog in that fight um came out and threw some bombs see james um, I've, I've seen like two of his fights oh man and i've I've been impressed. You know, I, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen. He he bangs and he he puts song out with a jab. Um <laughs> Yeah. Against the fence. And I watched it and I was like, man, that looks weird. Like it's one of those moments where as a as a fight fan, you watch and you're like, did that dude just take a dive? But then like you see the replay of it and you're like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I I I think I should call an ambulance. Um <laughs> And then I, I could talk about the whole card, but I'll talk about the main event. Uh, Derek Brunson uh, defeated Kevin Holland in an interesting fight. Um, Kevin Holland is known for his shit talking. Uh, yeah. And I blame Conor McGregor for all of that. Oh, where everyone wants to sell a fight and be the guy that talks. Derek Brunson was the better fighter. Kevin Holland was more entertaining, but Brunson was better. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. controlled him on the outside, picked him apart, picked him up and put him down anytime he wanted to. Holland, in between the fourth and fifth round, looked at Khabib, uh, who was there, and said, like, hey, how do I take him down? And Khabib was like, hey, do this, this, and this. Khabib was not in his corner, by the yeah. way. He was just, like, there. Um, and he did that and took him down. And then at the end of the fight, he's like, hey, I listened to you, and I did it. And Dana White came out and said, I'm pretty sure Kevin Holland was having a mental break during the fight. Um, and uh, Brunson just he, he way ahead on the scorecards. Really good fight, though. Competitive, but it just outclassed Holland. Yeah. Um, yeah, and- because you could tell, like, Holland was just more about, like, being goofy and shit. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like he wasn't taking it as seriously. No. And um, in the last few few minutes of talking about the UFC, I would be amiss if I didn't bring up this weekend. 
um, which I have I have wavered back and forth on getting um, UFC 260, not 269. Uh, I'll save those jokes for later. Hey, um, hey, no, we, hey, James, we only got a, we, we've only got like uh, eight months before we get to UFC 269, so That's we true. we can we can make childish jokes then. Excellent. <laughs> I I do love to make them. Uh, but Francis Ngannou will be ta- taking on uh, Stipe Miocic. Um, but also you have Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean O'Malley against Thomas Almeida, which when the Sugar Show comes to town, it's going to be entertaining one way or another. Um, uh, Vincent uh, Luega, Luega, I always say his name wrong, or Vincente Luega uh, versus, versus Tyron Woodley getting back in the octagon. I hope Tyron gets his face punched in. You um, and me both. You and me both. But that Nganu Stipe fight is such a question mark because the last time they faced. Uh, Stipe outclassed him with the wrestling. Listen, yo, we, we, we got into this a little bit last week. Yeah. Right? We, we, but I'm going to tell you right now, Nganu is an amazingly talented fighter. Right? Yes. Amazingly talented fighter. And I appreciate Nganu. Um, but the fact of the matter is, he is not comfortable getting being put on the ground. And if you think Stipe is going to move away from that, right? If you think he's going to move away from that, and he's still heavy-handed enough to do damage while he's got you on the ground, bro, this is—I think this is Stipe's fight. Now, am I going to be mad if Ngannou win, uh, wins? Fuck no, man. Ngannou is amazing. Like this is the next generation of of uh, heavyweight fighters, and Stipe's—you know—he's on borrowed time anyway. You know, he—he's—he's he's older. He's already put out that I'm not going to fight much longer. Yeah. You know, but like for me, man, I, I think Stipe takes this one, man. I do as well. The only X factor is that smaller octagon that they're going to fight in. It, it makes it so that it's easier for Francis to close with Stipe, which you could argue, oh, well, Stipe is a wrestler. It's easier for him, but he's going to be in that danger zone. And if you looked at Stipe's face after that last fight, he wasn't looking as pretty as usual. He was okay. busted up. First off, he's from Northeast Ohio. He's not pretty at all. Um, yeah, much like me, <laughs> um, but yeah, Steve Bacon, take a punch, man. I think it's going to be a great card. Dan, it's going to be like, I t- like, like you and I texted at any time, Francis can separate your head from your shoulders. Yep. All law, Alistair Overeem. Um, <laughs> and it, it wait is, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, put the caveat in there. Alistair Overeem steroids, uh, timeline. Hey, hey, just because he got supplements from Mexico, all right, it should be even more impressive that Francis KO'd him into oblivion, all right? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I was on the fence of getting this card. I'm going to because I don't know what's going to happen, and I, I want to see it live. So I, too, am going to get this card. Wink. Wink. Uh, <laughs> oh, in my – in, Asterisk. In, in Minecraft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about what about Jesus, Heather? Um, he, he's abandoned this podcast long ago. Yeah, he, well, um, he was never he, he was never here. So, <laughs> but all right, guys, we are gonna wrap it up for the night. Uh, so uh, we don't get paid to plug ESPN and their shitty pay per view service. But if you would like to watch a shit ton of great fights this weekend. You know how to use Google. Go ahead and do that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, ESPN, if you want to pay us, we can go more in-depth with the plug next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. We can be a lot more glowing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, 
I, I would even wear an ESPN polo shirt. <gasps> oh. A polo shirt? What? Oh, yeah. Two buttons and all. Oh. So, guys, we're going with what we have been. Uh, what are your pluggables today, guys? Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to let uh, number one fan go first. Okay. Well, I have three. Um, uh-huh. I have three. Yeah. Uh, so the first is to Iowa wrestling star Spencer Lee. Way to be a fucking animal this past weekend. Um, he won the NCAA wrestling championship for the third time. This time a little different with two blown ACLs. Um, Wait a minute. He blew out ACLs in both knees. Yeah. How was he? Yeah. Holy shit. And the best quote is when he was like, I didn't want to tell anybody because, and I quote, fuck excuses. Uh, (laughs) I love wrestlers. I love how hard they are. James, you you know where this kid's going next. Uh, it's called a little thing called the 82nd Airborne Division. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Um, my my second that leads into my third uh, is so if you're not tracking, if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, the network is going away. The WWE Network. It's going to Peacock. Uh, it's cheaper, um, and that's the only way you're going to be able to watch WrestleMania. And it is WrestleMania season. You have 21 or 20 days, I think. Um, it's cheaper. It's like four ninety nine, I think. Um, get it. And that goes into my, my, my third, which is a legit plug. There's a documentary on there that me and Heather watched called Heaven. And it is about a junior from North Carolina uh, who was the first woman in the state of North Carolina to win a national wrestling championship. Uh, fantastic documentary. Check it out. Um, that girl whoops some ass, even though she's like 15 pounds under everybody in her weight class. So um, those are my pluggables. Check them out. Um, especially that heaven documentary. I think you'll enjoy it. So yeah, that's it was really good. That one was really good for sure. Um, okay. So mine are um, two podcasts. One is called you're wrong about, and basically it is topics or, and, or people that um, these two uh, individuals talk about and they do kind of lengthy kind of deep dives into it uh, it, because I am currently finishing up a five-part Princess Diana um, series on them. Um, The guy is a reporter for the Huffington Post and the girl is writing a book about the satanic panic. Um, and it's just a really, really great podcast, especially on just kind of just random things, uh, that you want to learn about. So I'm going to plug them. And then I am also going to plug a podcast that is, um, kind of near and dear to me that is called the Hey Heather podcast. And basically what it is, is this girl named Heather decided to, uh, do a podcast where she interviews Heathers all over the world. And so, and I was lucky enough to be on that, uh, on that show. And I am actually the very first episode. So definitely go check it out and listen. So, yeah. So those are my pluggables. And like I said, it's called the, it's called the Hey Heather podcast. 
I'm not going to lie. When you talk about Heathers, I just think about the 80s movie with Winona Ryder. Yeah, I know. And everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. Um, but it's it's really cool. It's really cool to hear the different stories. and and Because, I mean, think about it. I mean, like how many, you know, Macs there are? How many Jameses are there? You well, know? I'll tell you right and now, there is no motherfucking Mac quite like but, I mean, fair enough. But I also didn't want to, you know, <laughs> use your real name. So... Yeah, they're um, literally on a documentary. I mean, everybody fair knows enough, my fair, fucking name right now. <laughs> I felt that it, I thought that it was a really interesting concept to do. So it is. It is. That is. It is very cool. Yeah, okay. and so yeah, and it's not the plant one. There's one that's about plants. It's not that one. This one it has like a picture of a pineapple on it. So check well, it guys, out. I don't have a plug. I have a confession. Oh. I've been getting up every morning between three and four a.m. Mm. Because mm. I, mm. Mm. because that's prime time to to watch the raccoons. No, because I found, oh because I it found, really is. You should do that. I found a soccer team. I'm sorry. What? I am officially going all in on soccer with Bohemian FC, um, a soccer team from Ireland whose Twitter account and social media profile hooked me with them being pro labor. Pro trans rights, anti hate, and this soccer is not bad. So I am now officially a Bohemian FC fan, and uh, I will not he- take any questions about it uh, after all the shit talking I did about soccer. <laughs> oh, so you're suddenly just going to be no comment, really? That's how no. you're going to be? No, I mean, I think all the listeners know my politics by this point. This team aligns with my politics, and I enjoy that. So. I watch people kick a little ball around a big field, and occasionally they put it in a net, and I have fun with it. So, with that being said, that is the end of the 69th episode. Listen, I am very proud of us. We were very adult-like on this, and very proud of us, because the way the first, like, uh, first goes of recording went, it did not seem like it was going to go that way. Yeah. No, it did not. It did not. But everybody, you are dealing with consummate professionals. And with that being said, you can find Hotel Crowd on all the places where you get your podcasts. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, the whole game. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can find us at our Facebook group, facebook.com backslash hometown crowd. And you can find us on Twitter. On the where, tweets. Yeah. Where... This is where you should really reach out and find us because all three, all four of us, and we're all really funny and we throw out some hot shit. So, mm, uh, yeah. So, with that being said, everybody, go ahead and find us. Get involved. Talk. Take some- your friends' phones. Yes. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yes. Leave us reviews. Leave us reviews because we will read them, good or bad. Yes. Yes, we most certainly will. And I'm telling you right now, if you give us a bad review. That's cool, because I'm going to talk shit right back. So well, Yes, but it's also constructive criticism, maybe, hopefully. Talking about we're awesome. Duh, yeah. So, yes. All right, so everybody, with that being said, we will see you next week with episode 70. Stay safe, be kind to your neighbors, and wear your fucking mask. Do you know why 69 was scared of 70? <laughs> because... Seven, eight, one. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
everyone. <laughs>